podcast. Uh, good afternoon, good morning. Uh, hope your workout is going well. Hope this flight is crushing it for you. I know so many of you listen as you travel. Uh, wanted to talk to you about Vayner Mentors. You might have saw the video on Facebook, but I know a lot of audiences just living on the podcast, so I wanted to do this like kind of pre-roll before you listen to today's podcast. Go to garyvee.com slash Pod. There's an S in the mentors, Vayner Mentors Pod. garyvee.com slash Pod. We've created a consulting product that ranges in the range of like 150,000 to 500,000 to get you from three to 10, three to 20. We've taken some of the best experts from Vayner Media to put it on it. I would highly recommend if this is your reality to go to garyvee.com slash Pod. Vayner Mentors with an S, P-O-D, garyvee.com slash Pod. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Welcome to Toronto. I feel like this is like a kindergarten. Everybody's, like, everybody's on the ground. I love Show it. and tell time. Show and tell. Uh, so I'll just jump right into it. Yep. Um, so you and your family immigrated when you were young from Belarus. How do yes. you think that experience affected you as an individual and, and your perspective uh, as being an entrepreneur? I think it's easily one of the two or three most important variables to who I am and how I roll and, and my gravitating towards entrepreneurship. Um, you know, when you come from nothing, when you start at zero, you're eliminated from the entitlement that is usually a weakness in the entrepreneurial journey. And so tasting little, having not much, not expecting toys and candy and things of that nature taught me very early on. By the time I was six, seven, eight years old, I realized if I wanted something, I had to go out and get it. And so I think I think the greatest thing that ever happened to me was I was an immigrant that had nothing because it taught me how to go out and get what I wanted. Nice. Um, okay, so you work a lot in the, the, the marketing space, the branding space, influential space. What is influence to you and, and what is the difference between a, a entrepreneur and a influencer and, and just being influential in general? There's a lot there to unwind. I think the things that stand out to me is first of all, being influential means that when you do something, meaning you say something, you wear something, you write something, you act on something, other people are affected by that and want to be inspired to then also do that as well or some variation thereof. So I think it's, it's somebody who has an impact on other people at scale and, and influences, creates an action from their own actions. As far as what's the difference between an entrepreneur and a entrepreneur, I mean, look, you know, entrepreneurs are cool right now. It, it has a moment. Uh, this is not something that we grew up with even 20 years ago. And so what's happening is like anything that's cool, rappers, athletes, or anything else, there's a y- lot of young people that aspire to be what is cool. Entrepreneurship is cool, which leads to a lot of people that want to become that. You know, I think there's a lot of cynicism a lot of times on the inner city of like, oh, you think the only way out is being a rapper or an athlete. I think that's happening with white America and the rest of the world right now around entrepreneurship. Everybody thinks that's their way out. Uh, yet 99% of people won't 
have the talent to produce a business that achieves the kind of revenue that they are aspiring to. I laugh at people saying things like, you know, well, I'm gonna build a billion dollar company and they poo poo a million dollar company, yet 98% of the people in the audience that I'm about to speak to will never come close to achieving building a business that does a million dollars in revenue. And so, you know, I, I think that uh, putting the word entrepreneur in your Instagram profile doesn't mean that you're a successful entrepreneur. Uh, and I worry about that, not as a, look, I'm good at this. You as in a, what are the ramifications when somebody hits rock bottom? Because unlike a lot of other things, when you claim that you're an entrepreneur, everybody starts watching. From your parents, to your friends, to the world. And everybody will watch you fail. And you have to be very emotionally strong to deal with that loss. That is very different than getting bad grades in school. That is very different than getting, you get fired from a job, you blame the boss. Your business fails, it's your fault, and there's no escaping it. I'm very concerned about the post game of this era of people getting into depression and even worse, uh, which is why I'm talking about self-awareness and truths that make people uncomfortable. It's not fun for me to say that 98% of people out there aren't gonna succeed. It doesn't make me feel cool and them not cool. It's just something we need to talk about so we're prepared for the ramifications of the glorifying of the entrepreneurial journey. Um, talking about self-awareness, um, do you think that kind of that same train of thought also applies to people who lead with uh, a job title, say that they're influencers, where you know you shouldn't really have to say to people that you're? No, if you're no, natural? no. I'm a little less cynical around that, mainly because I think people need. You know, it's what do you say to somebody if you make one hundred thirteen thousand dollars a year from? detox tea companies and skateboard companies and beanie companies because you're attractive and a lot of people follow you on Instagram. Like, you could say you're a model, I guess, but I think, I think that because that was established, people don't want to say they're a model to take the scrutiny of, well, you're not a real model, you're an Instagram model. Um, but I think it's a word people are using right now to help communicate with each other, like, hey, I live on Instagram and I make $1,400 a week, you know, posing with product occasionally. You need to ground it in a word. I think that's people semantically razzing people, but like I think influencer right now is one of the slang terms that defines somebody who's making a living doing product placements in their content. Right, right. Um, Sounds better than I'm a product placer. For sure, a little <laughs> sexier. Um, I wanna go into your, um, your approach to humility and, and giving back and kindness. I was listening to a podcast episode of The School of Greatness that you were on with Lewis Howe, and you mentioned that your biggest insecurity is being disliked. So what do you think this says about the impact that you want to have on others and the legacy that you would like to leave behind? I think it's kept me in check. Mm -hmm. My inability to feel comfortable in being disliked is, uh, has surely worked out for me. It's manifested a personality trait that really cares about others. It, you know, I'm hyper empathetic, which makes me a great salesman. Makes me good to take photo. I, I, I'm thinking about what he needs. I'm thinking about what you need right now. Um, it makes me good at public speaking. Like I'm not there. Do you know eight out of 10 talks today are gonna be people doing PR stories about themselves? I'm going there to try to like say something that's gonna do something for them. When you become blindly about the audience, you win. And I think on a one-to-one -one level, that is my audience, and 
Yeah, I think it's manifested into a, a really incredible uh, potential in legacy in a world where humans can now use the scale of the internet to hit great impact. When you think about Muhammad Ali or Martin Luther King or many others that we put on a pedestal historically, they manipulated the media of its time. The Beatles, Elvis. We all can now manipulate the media, which creates more of a merit. It's not Ed Sullivan putting me on, right? And so, yeah, I'm very, very hopeful about my legacy. You know, another thing that is very true to me is that most of that I think I give credit to my parents and my upbringing and my circumstance. You know, I think one of the things that allow me to pull this off is there's deep humility. Like, if, like at my core, if you rip me open, I give 100% of the credit to circumstance and DNA and parenting. Now, VaynerMedia, my children, that's like, hey, that's my, I'm molding. But I was molded. And, uh, and so, you know, it's funny to me, like with all the great things that are going on for me, I'm like, man, this must feel awesome for my parents, <laughs> you know? Um, and so like, like, I don't know what else to say, like it, it's, uh, I'm very grounded in certain truths. Um, so yeah, all those traits matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you emphasize the notion of kindness in your social feeds and you said, I'm, I'm so aware we don't talk enough about it in the business world and I think yeah. it's a huge mistake. So much of my business uh, comes from it. So my question is twofold. Why is it so important? Why do you think kindness and humility are seen as um, weaknesses in the business community? Because dudes ran for a long time and those weren't traits of our father's generation. Mm-hmm. Like no 1970s man walked around earth after a beer at the bar and was like, yo, let's break down empathy. <laughs> like, that was just not how it rolled. Uh, I, I have always looked up to my mother, have always liked <laughs> girly films, have always been skewing towards emotional intelligence, which I think tradition, there's no proof that emotional intelligence skews more female than male. I just think that soft skills historically were equated one way and hard skills were another. I truly believe that the alpha males that win in the long term are gonna have kindness and empathy and gratitude and humility at the core of their essence along with, I'm a like I'm competitive. I think about it like sports. I think the best athlete, like a holistic athlete, is the guy or gal on the field that's dirty. Like anything that they can do to win, taking the right penalty at the right time is a good idea. If somebody's on a breakaway in hockey, like tripping them up is a good idea, right? So to me, I'm really aggressive and quite alpha on stage, in business, but when I take my jersey off, I go completely the other way. That's what I think the new alpha male will be, which is like, look, of course, you, like, I don't think this new Me Too or the current politically correct, the, my biggest fear is that we try to strip men from men things. Like it's great to be, you know, all the great things that there are about being a man, uh, but I think it needs to be rounded out. And so, um, you know, I'm very in tune with it. Like I think karma is practical. I think being a good person is good. I like saying hello to everybody that's around here, not because it's a tactic, and I think they're gonna go back home and say he's a nice guy, but because it feels nice, because it's right, because we're humans. But does it lead to people saying nice things about you? Of course it does, because the truth always wins. Right, right. Um, So in a time where 
you know, our image is based on, on perception and, and some insincerity. How can we accept our humanity as, as companies, CEOs, entrepreneurs, um, and embrace... I want uh, you to say that opening line one more time. Uh, in a time where image is based on in perception and insincerity? I would argue that it's less than it's ever been. Hmm. I would say it's less than it's ever been. So I think this notion that we use social media to PR ourselves is just an extension of what we always did. Your mom didn't go have tea with her girlfriend and started airing out all her dirty laundry. You know, maybe with her closest friend, but we PR ourselves always. We always have, forever. And so this thought that Instagram or Facebook now has made us create these personas, we always have created personas, and I would argue that the internet, technology, live streaming, photos, the internet, has actually suffocated us from our ability to put on a fake, affront more than it did 20 years ago. So the only difference is, is that we are all doing it now so publicly slash it doesn't go away. You posturing at the PTA in 1984 died in that room. You doing that in an Instagram photo now stays for us to be able to see. So all this notion that technology is changing us is laughable. Technology is exposing us. And so I don't think it's a time where that's the case. I would argue that we're in the beginning of the decline of that. And that actually is the greatest one step backwards, two steps forward in humanity. This whole notion right now of the most powerful incumbents, old white dudes, being taken down is gonna be painful for us you know, if you're not an old white dude, you love it. But guess what? Every single thing you're doing wrong is next. There will be a time when you not being ambitious and trying to hang on to people or you being too overly politically correct. Like, people don't get it. This is just one chapter. Every shortcoming you have as a human will be exposed over the next 50 years which then leads to the most exciting part, which is we're gonna start accepting each other for our shortcomings. We will have much better conversations around mental health 50 years from now than we do today. We will have much better conversations about insecurity, lack of self-esteem, sexuality, finance. Like, we are, we are, we are in the beginning of a much better era for the human race, yet everybody's looking at it as this huge negative. So that has segued into um, an approach where we can um, approach business with more humanity and and humility? I I think we'll have to, Mm -hmm. but I think that what will happen is business is capitalism and, and merit, meaning businesses are gonna become nicer and all these nice and warmy things, not because of the movements of today, it's gonna happen because customers are gonna react to things and they're not gonna like losing money. (laughs) The food companies aren't changing the formula of sugar and salt because they want to, they're doing it because their product's not selling. Companies are gonna be nicer because if we have more data on companies and we don't wanna support companies that are doing wrong things and their customers stop shopping with them, this is, do never be too altruistic about business. Business is business. Right. Okay. Um, 
So last question, um, building on that. Can I just say one more point on of this? Course, of course. I am so fascinated by a lot of my liberal friends and I'm very socially liberal, how they jump on all these issues around all these different companies yet they buy very expensive fashion products like, let me tell you how those vans were made and let me tell you what happens when you stop wearing them for the environment. We are very selective. Mm-hmm. We, we want to pick on this thing, but we don't want to look at this thing because we love fashion and I love wearing things from Prada or Supreme and I don't want to think about how those Nikes were actually made. So I'm a big shot that we're being suppressed in Mississippi, but I don't want to talk about what I'm not looking at. Right. The hypocrisy of the human race is laughable, which is why I don't judge Because guess what, I got a counter argument to everything out of your mouth about that you support. <laughs> um, can I ask one more question? Um, so building on that, do you think companies, uh, especially you know, given everything that's happening from a sociological and, and political standpoint, uh, do you think companies have a responsibility to be more socially conscious and involved in the community and what is the, the balance between being a company with a social mandate uh, and I, I, have a, I do and I don't. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. Sure, because I think it's the best interest of their business, but I don't, I don't like when we take things out of our own hands. If you don't like what Coca-Cola is doing, don't support it. Like the market gets to decide. Like of course companies should, but no more than we as humans. A company is only the makeup of their executives. I don't know, like if your life's fortune, if your, if your health and well-being, your retirement fund is locked up in a company right now and that's your 401k, do you want them to be noble for historically correct reasons 67 years from now and have their stock be at $3 or do you want it to be at $67 and kind of chip away at it? The truth and everybody who's reading and listening, number two. So like my whole thing is this is humans. There's no business, there's no Toyota. There's the CEO and the board and the stockholders. And so like everybody's super like noble when it comes to somebody else. Right. So how do we bring that back onto ourselves? We act. You know, Iris and Tyler and I were in the car last night. I acted on doing for good. I don't tweet about my donations. I'm not a keyboard warrior. I'm not gonna tweet Black Lives Matter or Me Too and think I'm contributing. Lead by, lead by action. Actions, bro. Like seriously, and honestly, a little more empathy, right? Like a little more empathy and understanding that we're all in control. There's no man. What man? The internet's the man. Like take advantage of it. If you don't like the job or the boss's boss or the president, move. You don't like the American president? Move to Canada. You don't like the Canadian president? Move to America. You don't like, you're in control. Do something about it. Do something about it, right? Like, like, like posting some manifesto on social, just tired of it. Like, just like, you're doing it to make yourself look good in front of everybody else in the same way that you pick the clothes that you pick that are doing more damage to the environment than every company that you're mad at. Fair enough. Cool. Thank you so much. That was so great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great. Oof. I got, it. I got into it there. <laughs> hey, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary Vee Experience. Now go out and share this. Pass it on. Let me know what you thought.